Welcome to episode 111 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Bilo, and I am so glad you've joined me today. Whether this is your first or your 111th episode, I hope you hear something that will make you smile, spark an insight, improve your business, and maybe even change your life. In case you missed the podcast last week, you didn't miss it. I decided to honor spring break and give myself a break. As entrepreneurs, and especially solopreneurs, we can easily be out of sync with holidays and breaks that people in more traditional work environments naturally take. We'll work through them, and then we wonder why we feel tired. There is something to be said for working when others aren't. But truth be told, we do that so much that it's also important to give ourselves permission to not work when others aren't working. There's another reason why I took a break, and that's the focus of today's episode. I've been feeling a bit stuck lately, mostly in business, and maybe a little bit in life. You see, my entire existence during 2014 and 2015 was geared towards one thing, the publication process of my book, The Introvert Entrepreneur. Everything was focused on the launch date of November 3rd, 2015. And now that that date has come and gone, and we're almost four months on the other side of it, I find myself feeling a bit rudderless, which is actually a perfect lead-in to sharing a bit of what I'm learning through this, and how it might be useful information to you too. My husband and I are both sailors. He's been around sailboats since he was a little kid, and I had my first experiences about 20 years ago when I first met my husband. We've owned two boats together and sailed hundreds of miles, mostly on Lake Michigan off the beaches of Milwaukee and in the Grand Traverse Bay region of Northwest Lower Michigan. We've even restored a 1964 25-foot sailboat inside and out, top to bottom, without killing each other. Sailing as a metaphor for life is not a new concept, and it might even come across as cliche, so my apologies. But sometimes the connection between two seemingly unrelated things is powerful. In other words, if the cliche fits, wear it. I find that when I have discovered just the right metaphor to something that I've been feeling, it can bring clarity to something that was previously undefinable. And with that clarity comes an opportunity to move through whatever was getting in my way. So I'm going to share one particular sailing adventure we had that's helping me to get clarity and then offer you some tips for those times when you feel stuck as well. Now, this happened maybe about 12 years ago, and we were on that 25-foot boat that we had restored, and my husband and I had been out on a long day of sailing in the Grand Traverse Bay area. We were at the end of the day and sailing back to our mooring in Bowers Harbor, just a little bit north of Traverse City, Michigan. And it had been a fairly heavy wind day. So we had been working pretty hard, even though we'd had fun. We also had worked hard and we were coming in at night and we were rather tired. Now, typically, our best practice is to motor onto our mooring, not to sail onto it because too much can go wrong. But for some reason, I have no idea why, I don't think we can remember exactly, we decided to leave up our sails when going to the mooring instead of motoring towards it. I think we thought maybe the wind would be less in the harbor and it would just be easier to do that. So when we left our sails up, of course, as we made way to the mooring, we missed it because the wind was stronger than we expected it to be. And both of us panicked a little bit when we sailed right past our mooring and, of course, started to go towards more shallow water. 
And during that slight panic, and I will say, even though my husband is an experienced sailor, I was not as experienced. So who knows, I might have been panicking and then it got contagious. But either way, we ended up being a little frantic. And in the course of our franticness in trying to, you know, fix the situation and get tacked back so that we could be back to the morning, somehow the anchor went overboard. (laughs) So we didn't have our anchor anymore. And Andy, my husband, slipped and fell on the wooden tiller which of course is the device that steers the boat. And when he fell on it, it broke it down to just a stub that was on the floor of the cockpit. So our ability to navigate and maneuver was severely compromised. And it seems like a couple of other things went wrong. It was almost one of those perfect storm moments. But whatever happened, we didn't get control of the boat. And of course, we went aground, which means that, of course, we went out of the deeper water into the shallower water and the keel got wedged into the sandbank. And thank goodness it was just sand. So we called someone we knew after we calmed down a little bit and um, someone that we knew who would have the equipment to help us. It was the gentleman who had actually installed the mooring in the first place. Within maybe an hour or so, he was able to reach us. And this was probably around 11 a.m. or I'm sorry, not 11 a.m., 12 a.m. And it probably took about an hour for him to help us back onto the mooring. And we finally got home, I would guess, at around one o'clock. So we were really exhausted, as you can imagine. And my husband pulled out a book. I believe he pulled out one called This Old Boat, written by an author named Casey, or the last name is Casey. And he looked up a chapter, I think he probably scanned the index for going aground, because I think he was like, what could we have done differently? Because I know there are things we could have done differently. (laughs) And what he found was the chapter that talked about this opened with a quote that said, there are two kinds of sailors, those who have gone aground and those who have lied about it. (laughs) And you can imagine, we had a good chuckle and it actually helped relieve some of our embarrassment for what had happened. And we were able to kind of move past it and get a good night's sleep, a little less embarrassed. I found another variation on that quote that says, only two sailors, in my experience, never ran aground. One never left port, and the other was an atrocious liar. And that's Don Bramford. My current experience with being stuck in business leads me to a variation on both of those quotes. There are two kinds of entrepreneurs, those who have gone aground and those who have lied about it. When we go aground in our businesses, we often do it after a period of sailing freely and happily, which can make it that much more jarring when we hit something that seems to impede our progress. And the natural instinct, just like what happened with my husband and I, is to panic a little bit and maybe to flail around a bit. And just like we did, it's likely that you could lose your anchor and break your steering mechanism, both of which are there to keep you steady and on the right path. So I've been feeling a bit stuck for these past few weeks. As I said, rudderless and not always 100% sure where to put my attention and not always having the energy to even figure it out. I've been in this place before and I've always gotten out of it, but here I find myself again. And I'm not sure what spurred the memory of going aground some 12 years ago, but as soon as that image crossed my mind, I knew that it perfectly aligned with my current state of being. Once I had that image and that metaphor of going aground, I had a chance to reflect and I want to share with you what emerged from that reflection of the idea of feeling run aground and how, if and when this happens to you, and it will if it hasn't already, you can get the wind back in your sails. First, write it all down. 
We introverts tend to be writers, but we also can let our thoughts live in our heads for way too long without externally expressing them. So write down your thoughts, all of them, with no judgment and no censorship. In my case, I made a list of everything that had been annoying me about myself, about what I was experiencing, about what I was seeing online or reading about or noticing in other people. I wrote down what I was worried about, curious about, and making assumptions about. With that done, challenge your thoughts. You know that bumper sticker, don't believe everything you think? Well, I believe that is more than bumper sticker wisdom. It's a call to notice your thoughts, particularly your fear-based ones, and question whether or not they're true. Are those thoughts saying, I'm a failure? I can't do this. Everything's messed up. What if everything I'm doing is wrong? You know, these are all the FUDs, the FUDs, or the fears, uncertainties, and doubts that crop up for everyone at some point. The most basic thing to do is to recognize them for what they are, fear-based thoughts, and then start to challenge them and ask yourself, is that really true? Am I a failure? Is it true I can't do this? Did I really mess everything up? Is everything I'm doing really wrong? Most of the time when you challenge them, you will diminish them and you can start to get to the truth. I also invite you to start in your comfort zone. Take small and easy action that starts to nudge you off of the shore and back into the water. And don't worry about it being the exact right and perfect action. Just make one phone call or write one post or do one update on social media. Spend one focused hour on getting caught up. Do anything, big or small, that helps you to feel back in the game. See the process as a one day at a time endeavor. In the story I was telling you before about us going aground, our goal that night was just to get safely back to the mooring. We delayed thinking about fixing the tiller, finding the anchor, or assessing other damage for the next day and the days that followed. And the same is true for our business. Focus on the most immediately important thing and do it one day at a time. There's a great quote by Sir Francis of Assisi that I rely on during times like this. He said, start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible, and suddenly you are doing the impossible. It's also important to notice where you're attached or trying too much to control things. As famous yachtsman John Rumenier said, the goal is not to sail the boat, but rather to help the boat sail herself. If you're stuck, Notice where you might be clinging too tightly to something or forcing the business to go in a particular direction that it doesn't want to go. What can you let go of so that you can move forward? It might be pulling up anchor. I wouldn't recommend jettisoning your anchor and never being able to find it, but there might be an anchor that you do need to pull up. And just like sailing on a boat, you are in partnership with your business. There are two of you that are dancing. And at some point, that business develops its own needs and wants, simply because it involves others beyond you. Are you fighting those needs, or are you listening? And if it's truly going in a direction you don't want to go, it's an opportunity to be curious and perhaps intentionally change course. Fellow introvert entrepreneur Warren Buffett advised, Should you find yourself in a chronically leaking boat, Energy devoted to changing vessels is likely to be more productive than energy devoted to patching leaks. 
You can also accept the stuckness as part of the journey. Just like any sailing adventure that lasts more than a few hours, your entrepreneurial journey will include storms, clear skies, dead calm, perfect winds, some drifting, some flying, and yes, some going aground. Everyone gets stuck. The ones who succeed are those who develop patience for the process, have a commitment to self-compassion, see each setback as an opportunity to learn and build resilience, and know that there will be no ups if there aren't any downs. It's also critical to call in reinforcements. My husband and I called someone for help, and we were back up and running within a few hours. We maybe could have figured out how to break free ourselves, but there was little point in it in the moment when we knew that there was someone we could call to help us. And there's someone who can help you. Call a colleague and ask for 15 minutes to share what's on your mind. Take your concerns to a mastermind group if you're part of one. Spend time with a friend and give voice to what's holding you back. Work with a coach or therapist, both of which can give you a safe space to process and discover solutions. It almost doesn't matter who you reach out to, as long as they are supportive, safe, and willing to listen. And sometimes just verbalizing the stuck feelings without somebody else trying to help you, you can help yourself to put those feelings into perspective and then move into action. And finally, pay attention to your physical state of being. During the start of my feeling of being aground, I noticed that I was drawn more towards comfort food that included a lot of sugar, salt, and carbs. That meant my energy was inconsistent and my focus was non-existent. And actually, I was probably also withdrawing a little bit more into my introvert self and not thinking about reaching out to other people because my energy was just so low. So I ended up partnering with a friend and we both committed to eliminating added sugar from our diets for at least one week. As of this recording, I'm on day four. I got headaches the first few days and felt really tired. Here on day four, I am feeling better and I'm finding that I'm able to focus a bit better. The cravings for something sweet are still there, but I'm eating fruit to help with that. And once I turn the corner on the withdrawal symptoms, I know I'll have more energy and bandwidth to get my business sailing again. If you're feeling stuck, notice how you're doing physically and commit to making choices that are healthy for the engine of your business. And that engine is you. Get enough sleep, Spend some time moving every day, get away from your computer, and fuel your body with whole healthy foods. Your business, and of course your body, will thank you for it. So while I feel like I'm still aground, I also am having more trust that I will get free because I have a plan. I can imagine and feel what it will be like to break free and be moving again. The next time you're stuck, be kind to yourself. Remember what I shared in the beginning. There are two types of entrepreneurs, those who have gone aground and those who lie about it. The first thing to do when you go aground is to forgive yourself. The second is to challenge your fear-based thoughts. And the third is to take imperfect action that will get you moving again. Each time you find yourself aground, trust that you can handle it. There might be a few repairs that you have to make, but you can and will break free. You'll find notes about this episode, as well as other resources and information about the services that I offer on my website, theintrovertentrepreneur.com. Next week, I'll be sharing my conversation with Jeffrey Parker, co-author of Platform Revolution. 
And I find this rather amusing. I just looked at Mr. Parker's photo on Amazon.com, and you guessed it, the backdrop of his headshot is a marina. (laughs) So that's perfect. I'm going to close with the words of Mark Twain. 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the things you did do. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sails, explore, dream, discover. Many thanks to my podcast producer, Paul Messing, and to you for joining me today. This is Beth Bilo of The Introvert Entrepreneur. And until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job. Thank you.